Good morning, good morning, good morning. How's everyone doing, good? Let's give it up for Jesus in the house this morning, man. We are amazing, amazing, amazing. And while you're clapping, man, let's give it up for our production, creative, and worship team that all worked together so hard to bring us so much. And we're in our Thought Attack series. Listen, how many guys are board game players? How many guys play board game? Sorry, Monopoly, Shoots and Ladders. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Oh, snap. Hey, kids, so there was these things we used to play back in the day, right, where you would play on the board, not on your phone. It's a crazy thing. I know you don't get it. It was a thing we did. So, but I was, uh, how many guys uh, played Monopoly? Where Monopoly players at, right? How many of y'all, that'll, that'll split a family quick, right? <laughs> now I ain't selling you boardwalk, you know? So, and, uh, and then my last question for you is how many of you guys don't like to lose at all? all. Where are my people like, I'm not here, like, if I'm playing your five-year-old in ping pong, I'm coming to win the game. <laughs> See, there are some people, they're like indifferent, right? They're, so when they lose, they're like, oh, shucks, you know? But then there's the rest of us that's like, no, 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 I'm here to win, right? Like put on our headband, you know what I'm saying? Like, I remember playing, Ashley and myself, before we got married, we, uh, we decided we were going to test our relationship. We want to see how strong it was. So we played Monopoly. And uh, so we were playing Monopoly, and uh, I'm not going to lie to you. It's the one time in Monopoly that I wasn't, I wasn't doing well, right? And so I was coming around. I was running out of money, Monopoly money. And um, I was coming around the board, and your boy landed on Boardwalk. She had a hotel. See? Yeah, it was not good. So I start, I'm, start, I'm counting my money. I got to give it to her. I'm counting my money. And I realize I don't have enough money. So now I got to sell some hotels. I ended up going completely bankrupt in the game. But before I gave her all my money, I realized, you know what? I can take care of this. So I was like, I need to get something to drink. I'll be right back. And as I got up, I may or may not have bumped that board so hard that all the pieces went everywhere. <laughs> and I said, look, obviously we don't know who had what. The game is over. We both win, okay? If you ask my wife to this day if she wants to play Monopoly, she'll tell you, we can play, but Brad ain't playing because he cheats all the time. <laughs> it's been nine years, love. It's time to get over your bitterness, okay? It's like... <laughs> but all that to say, uh, we're in our Thought Attacks series is what we're kicking off today. Specifically, we're kicking it off with the title for today, which is The Mind Game. Turn to your neighbor and say, The Mind Game. We're starting with the mind game because here's what I believe. I believe when the enemy controls our thoughts, then the enemy controls us. And so today we want to talk about the mind game and we want to deal with the thought attack, the attacks that come against our mind. And I love what Karen said when she was up here is that if, if, we, if he can get into our head, then he can stop us from getting God into our heart. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm talking about him dealing with us and creating the purpose in us that he wants to use us for. And so let's get straight into what we have today. Romans 8, 1 through 6, it says this. There is now, therefore, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, which means that now that Jesus has come on the scene in our lives. So if, if maybe you're here and, and, and you haven't given your life to the Lord, maybe Jesus is not in control of your life. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But when you step into the light of Christ and when he takes over your life, now there's no condemnation on your life. 
And sometimes what I believe is that we, we operate under this, this law. We operate with our relationship with Jesus. looks like a list of checkboxes. And as long as we're not doing the bad things and we're doing the good things, we feel good. But when we start doing bad things and we're not doing good things, we believe that God sees us differently because of our actions. And in reality, he doesn't see us differently. He just wishes differently for us. Y'all with me today? And so there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free. Everyone say free. free. In Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For those who live according to the flesh, for those that are living according to our own desires, what we want in life, what we're trying to pursue in life, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit, which are the things that God wants for us. But to set the mind on the flesh is death. But to set the mind on the spirit, which is God's things, is life and peace. And how many of us can use more life and peace in our thoughts? I said, how many of you guys could, you could use more life and peace when it comes to the way you operate in life? How many of you could use more life and more peace with the way you think about yourself? How many could use more life and peace with the way you think others are looking at you? How many could use more life and peace when it comes to the lies that you let creep into your mind that even you start to believe are true and you lose track of what God thinks of you? So when we set our mind on the things of God, then we have life and we have peace. And the whole point of the series for Thought Attacks is that we would have life and peace. Turn to your neighbor and say life and peace. Now turn to the person you just neglected. On the other side of you, you just cold-shouldered them. Golly, man. Tell them life and peace, right? So I want to talk about three positions that I believe that we get ourselves into and then ways that we can look at how they affect us. All right, the so three positions we get ourselves into and ways that they affect us. Number one is stalemate. And what happens for many of us is we find ourselves in this position of stalemate. And it's a position counting as a draw in which a player is not in check, which means they're not about to lose the game, but they cannot move except into check. So, and these are chess terms. And listen, I'm not gonna lie to you, I don't play chess. Okay, I don't, I'm not, this ain't me. Okay, um, I'll run the table on some checkers, though, just so y'all don't ever, but chess isn't usually my game. But we're going to use some terms associated with chess today. So stalemate is it's a, it's when you get into the position to where you're not losing, but if you move at all, you will lose. And I believe that this is one of the ways that the enemy controls many of our thought patterns because we have found ourselves where we're not necessarily trying to win as much as we're just trying not to lose. And in our relationship with the Lord, in our pursuit after him and how we interact with other people, as long as I'm not losing, I feel better. I don't have to win, just don't let me lose. And we find ourselves in this position of stalemate where we're constantly, like, if, as long as I don't move, I can't lose. As long as I don't move, I, don't, I can't lose. But what, in reality, what we should be trying to do is win at the right game rather than not lose at the wrong one. Y'all with me today? So we find ourselves in stalemate. And in stalemate, it kind of puts us in a position of a few things. And I want to show you four of them today. The first one is that when we find ourselves in a position of stalemate, we're constantly trying to earn our spot 
to belong. And I'm, I'm specifically talking about our relationship with the Lord here. Specifically talking about our relationship with God because we, we find ourselves trying to earn our spot to belong to God. And, and, and what, in fact, what we see in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it says this. He says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. In other words, you didn't earn this. This God opened up the opportunity for you. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works so that no one may boast. In other words, what God is saying here is that he's saying, this is a free gift for you. This is a free gift that I'm giving you. I'm giving you grace. I'm giving you mercy. I'm choosing you. I'm bringing you into the light where you can experience salvation and you can walk out this purpose that I have for you. But it's not even that you're good enough. It's strictly because I gave it to you. And we walk in these positions where we're trying to earn it. Like, God, I need to earn this position. I need to earn this faith. I need to earn this grace. And God is saying, there, you can't earn it. Even if you could, you would become so self-righteous in the fact that you did that you would fall back into sin again. Therefore, I'm never going to let you earn it. It's always going to be a free gift. But for many of us, we find ourselves trying to hit the checkboxes Oh, man, I missed it today. Oh, I missed it today. Or, oh, man, I'm killing it today. And we think that the days that were good, we're earning it better. And the days where we're not, God is oh so disappointed in us. And what happens is we find ourselves trying to make the right moves on the board. Because if we can make the right move, we've earned it today. But what happens when you make the wrong one? Oh, the condemnation sets in. Oh, God, I just feel, oh, I can't believe, oh, I can't believe, oh, no. What? And listen, how many guys got kids? Where, where, how many of y'all got kids? How many of you remember when they first learned how to walk? Y'all remember that? Right? And it was like that moment where they were holding on to whatever it was, right? And they let go. And then you were just like, <gasps> like it's about, it's about to happen, right? They let go, and you're trying to get to your phone, no. Right? Trying to FaceTime grandma, right? No. And they take, what happened? They take the first step, right? And it's like one of, one of you, if the child wasn't there, would look like a complete fool, right? You're just like, come on, come on. Like, you know, like you're coaching this kid and they're not even listening to you, right? And what happens is they let go of the thing they were holding on to and they put a foot forward. Right. But then what happens? They put another foot forward. And then because all childs naturally have large heads. Right. Like so this the big head gains momentum forward. Right. <laughs> so then you get like three, four. And then what happens? Fall. Right. And you're so excited. You're sending pictures to whoever you haven't checked on the kid that just fell on his face yet. But it's awesome. Right. Like, oh, look, little Johnny just took his first steps. And you're just sitting there like, well, uh, yeah, but. Never mind. So, but here's, here's, what's, here's what I want to ask you. At any point in time, did you or whoever was with you, did, they took one step or two steps, three steps, but then they fall. Did any, does, does any of us go like, you fool, what a moron. This kid can't even walk. Did that ever happen? No. He just learned how to walk. Like, none of you are like, your brother can walk. Your sister can walk. I can walk. Your mom can walk. How come you can't walk? That never crosses our mind. Because when people are first learning to let go, we know they're going to fall. In our relationship with the Lord, 
when we're first learning to let go of the things that are behind and press forward towards the mark of the high call, we can't get shocked when people fall. But can I say anything? God is never shocked when you fall. What, what, what's happening is the same thing. When the baby takes three steps, we cheer over the three steps. We're not disappointed he didn't take 12. And a lot of us are looking to God with coward mentality. We're, we're scared because we know that God in the Old Testament and God is still the same yesterday, today, forevermore. He is a God of wrath and judgment, but Jesus absorbed it on the cross so that we could step into grace. And so therefore he looks to us, but he doesn't look to us looking to smack us. He's looking at us going three steps. That was three steps. And for some of us, we're disappointed because we didn't get four or five or six. And Jesus is just going three steps. Tomorrow we're going for four. And so many of us are walking around and we think because we're disappointed in us, we think God is disappointed in us. And can I say something? You don't have to earn what Jesus has already paid for. He said, we repent of our sin. We turn away from that and we put our faith in him. We give him our life, but you don't have to earn the spot. Jesus already paid for it. At the same time, when someone, no one walked into work on Friday, wherever your job is, no one walked in and you were just like, yes, yes. Impressive. Come to me, come on, take some steps. None of us were doing that. Why? Because at some point when we're not careful, what believers do is we forget that we need Jesus to take any steps, let alone all our steps. And don't let what people have said to you in the past about you be how you see yourself through God's eyes. Because when you fall, it's an opportunity for the grace of Jesus to pick you back up. But do not buy into the lies that you have to be perfect to be his. Y'all with me today? I said, do not buy into the lie that you have to be perfect to be his. Romans 3, 27 and 28 says this. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No. Because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. I said our acquittal, being set away from what is not based on how well we follow the rules. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. Which means God has already made. Does that mean we just go do whatever we want? Of course not. We follow, we strive for, we aim to accomplish the law because Jesus has made a way that when we fail, grace makes up the difference. So it doesn't mean we become and live however we want. It means we believe that God sees us as children. And since God loves us, because God paid for us, because he values us, we don't have to strive for other people's approval. All we have to do, we don't have to strive to even earn what God is giving us. We just get to walk in it. So do we boast? Of course not. Number two, so we try to earn to belong to God, then we try to prove that we belong to people. We try to prove that we're good enough. We try to prove to other people, man, I'm good enough. We try to prove to other people, I belong here. We try to prove to other people. And so what happens is we, we find ourselves trying to make the right move and, and in trying to prove to people what we believe 
And the reason that we try to prove it is because we've bought into the lies that we're not good enough. When the enemy controls our thoughts, he forces us into wrong actions. So what happens is in our attempt to try to prove that we belong, we do a number of things. Number one is we find ourselves trying, when we're trying not to lose, we're not trying to win, we're just trying not to lose. What happens is we celebrate the wrong victories on the board. And so we go through today like, man, didn't say a cuss word today. Boom, got it. Hey. I went the whole day without doing, I went the whole day without selling. I went the whole day. I, you get to check your check boxes for the day. You get to check the check boxes of what you accomplished or what you made sure you didn't do. And as long as, and so you, you're celebrating the small victory, like boom, got like made, I made the small victory. I told you, I don't know how to play chess. I'm just moving pieces around up here. So you, you're celebrating the wrong victories. And so because we're so focused and what happens is the enemy says, yeah, 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 I'm good. Keep moving those pawns around. Keep trying to make the small move. He's, he don't care that you made a small move as long as you don't see the picture over the whole game. Because what he's saying is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay focused on making sure you did that checkbox today. Stay focused on making sure you didn't do that thing. Stay focused on you. Stay focused on you. Because as long as you're focused on making you the best version of you, you never realize that you're already the best version that God has made you. Therefore, you never realize that the person sitting next to you needs Jesus. You're just trying to make sure you move the right palm to the right place. And he's saying, I've got a purpose for you that's bigger than you. I've got a purpose for you that's bigger than your problems. Stop getting focused on moving the little pieces and realize... You got a purpose. I have a plan and I'll move. Don't worry about the small victories. Be focused on the bigger picture. Because when, when, when you stop trying to move the little pieces around because you're trying to prove to other people, I got to prove to everybody else I'm good. I got to prove I'm a Christian. I got to prove I've got faith. I got to prove I'm, I got to act this way. I got I to live that way. And as long as you're doing that, you're missing the greater purpose that God has for you. You got nothing to prove. The next thing that happens when we try to prove it is we, we lose track of and we don't realize that whatever people did to prove to us that we're worth it, we'll keep fighting for. What I mean is this. We'll come in and, and someone, someone comes along and, and they start to compliment you. And they say, man, you're doing a great job and this, this, and this. And what happened is we become addicted to approval. And so the problem is, is when you get addicted to approval, you'll keep doing whatever it takes to keep getting the approval. See, some of us aren't battling depression. We just don't know how to go a day in the life without a pat on the back. Oh, I'm just battling depression today. No, you didn't. You just didn't get a pat on the back, Johnny. Oh, I just, it's been a rough day. No, just no one congratulated you because we're congratulating other people today. See, when we realize that we don't have anything to earn or anything to prove, we realize that we live in a constant state of grace, mercy, favor, blessing, and life that only comes from the Lord. And so when I'm in a constant state of knowing I belong to the Lord, I don't have anything to prove to him or anybody else. I just get to be who I am because Jesus called me to be who I am. And since we're not proving it to anyone, I don't have to get anyone else's approval either. And so when we get to walk, we get to just walk being who we are in Christ. And we don't, so someone comes along, guess what? Like we're, for example, we're a church where we celebrate everyone because we believe everyone matters. Kim Crook, Dream Teamer of the Week. Good job, sister. We love you. We appreciate you. I can't see you. I don't know where you're at, but good job. So here's the deal. We celebrate everyone, but if we celebrate everyone, that, that means that there's going to come a day where we don't celebrate you. 
Get over it. Because here's what happens is we go, man, everyone's been talking about me every day. They've been giving me thumbs up. They've been patting me on the back. And now today, no one's patting me on the back. What are they thinking about me? Do they love me? Do they care about me? I don't even know if anyone's around. I don't know what to do. How do I live my life? How do I take a step? Do I even go outside today? Do I even take a shower? Do I even put on clothes? I don't know how to be. I don't know how to act. What am I going to, oh my God, oh my God. And it's like, no, calm down. We just celebrating someone else today. Because we've bought into the lie that we're not who Jesus has already said that we are. And the enemy knows that if you can try to work for approval instead of purpose, you'll do anything to stay on that mountaintop. So you'll even challenge your character to gain approval. Like, oh man, I got to get somebody else to say good job. Let me do this thing that I would not have done otherwise. So that the people that don't matter will tell me good job. Oh, that's good. See, listen. We'll, we'll ruin our character for people to say good job just so that we can get approval, not realizing that our character and our integrity are the things that God is going to use for our purpose. You can work 10 years to build integrity, but it only takes 10 seconds to kill it. So if the enemy can kill it, all the work you did to prove it don't matter. You can play 100 games trying to make yourself worth it when God has already proved that you are, but one wrong move can kill it. So why keep making the moves towards approval when you got nothing to prove? Jesus already said, you're mine. Hmm. Titus 3.5 says this. says, he saved us not by the righteous deeds we have done, but according to his mercy through the washing of new birth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. In other words, he already took care of all of it. There's nothing you got to do to prove that you are who God has already said that you are. 2 Timothy 1.9 says this, God saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began which means your purpose existed before you did, which means God's plan for your life existed before you did, which means you have to fulfill what has already been destined, which means get off of you for a minute and get on what God wants for you for a minute. You don't have to keep trying to move small pieces. You don't have to battle for the little game when you can battle for the big one. And let's look at what God wants us to win in our purpose and in our destiny and stop focusing on small victories that don't matter. Oh, I didn't, I made it through today without, yeah, 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 you did, but you missed the five people that needed the hope of Christ today because you were so busy on hitting your checkbox. And can I tell you something? Guilty. So this ain't a you thing, it's a us thing. Let's get on what Jesus has for us because when we stop believing the lie, we stop having to fight for our identity. Mm. Try to fit in where you belong. Number three, try to fit in where you belong. So we we try to fit in. So we try, how, how many guys have a friend that tries way too hard to fit in? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Just running up in conversations they don't belong in. So I was, I, I was walking, uh, this was a couple months ago. I was outside of Pizza Hut. Y'all knew this was coming, right? So y'all knew, y'all knew we was going to talk about food today. So I was walking out of Pizza Hut with my pizza. It's like 1030 at night, super late. I'm super hungry. And I don't even look like, uh, this isn't even a proper attire. If one of y'all would have saw me, you wouldn't have known it was me. I had like a sleeveless basketball shirt on, some shorts, flip-flops. 
I'm tired and I'm hungry and I'm walking out of pizza and this dude jumps up in my world, in my bubble. Y'all know what I'm talking about? He jumps up in my bubble and he's like, you know, that's not even real pizza, right? I'm like, first of all, who are you and why are you here right now? This was not a Jesus moment. Okay, I'm just letting y'all know now. It's like, why? He was like, that's not even real pizza. I'm like, it's got dough, sauce, cheese, and pepperoni. I don't care what it is. I'm gonna eat it when I get home, okay? And so I was, and he said, he was like, it's not even authentic. I was like, I don't care. He was like, yeah, but they don't even make their sauce. It's like comes pre-packaged. I'm like, I don't care. He was like, yeah, but it's, it's not even Italian pizza. I said, listen, bruh, they put cheese in the crust. That's all I need to know. Okay, y'all know what I'm talking about? So I said, I'm going to go home and eat this non-authentic pizza backwards because I can. How about that? So but he was like, he, he was jumping up in, like, in my, like, I didn't invite you in. Number one, I wasn't even talking to anybody. This is me by myself. But you jumped into a conversation with me that you didn't belong in. How many of y'all got friends that just jump into conversations so that they can try to prove a point that they belong in the conversation, and then you realize they don't know what they're talking about? You and you and your buddies are having conversations like, yeah, 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 I know something about that. And, you, and then they start talking, and both of you are like, oh, uh, what? But you don't say nothing because you don't want to be mean. So you just change the subject. Like, yeah. How about those bulls or whatever? Right? So, and, and what happens is because many of us, many of us may not do that verbally, but we do that with our life. See, we see other people and we go, oh man, look, they got it together. They got it together. And then we try to fit in and we try to put on something we don't even have yet so that we can fit into a group we feel like has it more together than we do, not, realize, not realizing they're just as broken as we are. Oh man, I need, I got to fit in. Because we believing the lie, the lie in our mind is you're so messed up, nobody would ever let you in there. You're so messed up, nobody's ever going to want to talk to you. You're so messed up, nobody's ever going to want you in their small group on the dream team. You're so messed up, you got so many issues. You got, listen, we all got issues. I got issues. All y'all got issues. You watching online, you got issues. We got, but what we believe, what happens is we start to believe we're the only one that's got them. And then we start to believe that we got to change us to fit in with them, thinking they got it all together. Listen, no one posts their, no one posts their failures on social media. Stop comparing your behind the scenes to everyone else's highlight reel. Stop thinking that because your stuff is jacked up and all they posted was a selfie that they worked on for 15 minutes and put on all the right makeup with the right lighting next to the right table with the coffee cup turned the right way and you just think you just busted up, don't know how to walk out the door, that they got it all together and you're so jacked up. Listen, everybody's jacked up. The problem isn't that we're messy. The problem is when the lie hits our brain, what we believe is no one else is and only we are. That's what you can't believe. Because we all got to fit in. But can I tell you something? You don't have to try to fit in when you already belong. I can't talk about every church, but I can tell you at TC, you belong before you believe. If you're here, Jesus is not in control of your life yet, that's fine. You still belong here. We still love you. You don't have to try to to know everything and then come. No, no, no. Come here and we'll help you figure it out. Like we love you right where you are. But you don't have to try to fit in. Because what some of us try to do is we try to fit in because we don't think we belong. First Timothy 1.15 says this, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. 
The guy that wrote the better half of the New Testament in the Bible is saying, Jesus came to save all the sinners, and I'm the worst of all of them. Can I tell you guys something? Jesus came to transform hearts and lives and save lost people, messed up people, broken people of who I, Brad Livingston, lead pastor of Transformation Church, am the worst. Don't think you got to get it all together before you jump in. So much so that even today, we launch our small group semester today. And I want to tell you something. You don't have to try to fit in to join a group. Just join a group. Because what happens is when we join the group, we realize that we can take off the mask and reveal the true us. Because how many of y'all know there's the real us behind the fake us that we show everybody else? Okay, only four of us, so the rest of y'all still faking it. Okay, so there's the real us behind the fake us that we show everybody else. And since we don't want to show anybody, we can't deal with it because you can't deal with what you don't reveal. And so since we don't reveal it, we don't deal with it. And we don't deal with it, it owns us. So now we're walking around owned by our failures, owned by our thoughts, owned by our issues, and we never step into freedom because freedom requires openness. It it requires us to reveal what we're dealing with. And what happens is when you walk into a small group, you meet one or two people and you get to show them after you learn to trust them, this is what I'm dealing with. Can you help? me and they step into your world and now you go on a journey with someone else to become the person that Jesus already knew you were you just had to find the right steps to get there and together we get to become all that Christ has destined and designed for us to be we get to become who he already knew we were we just had to find the journey to get there so we find ourselves fitting in when we realize we don't have to try to belong We already do. Listen, if you don't like me, that's fine. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Like a cup of hot cocoa with some marshmallows, (laughs) some whipped cream, splash of cinnamon. Come on, somebody. Anyway, so (laughs) why? We got to find our way to belong. Number four, let me give you this. Then we try to blend in where we don't belong. See, if we, if, we, if we feel like we haven't earned it and we feel like we can't prove it and we feel like we don't fit in, then we try to blend in where we don't belong. And so that looks a little something like this. We, we find ourselves communicating with other people. And, and so we step into the realization that we need Jesus and that we're messed up. But we, we buy into the lie that not everybody's messed up. It's just me. So what happens is then we take a step back from all the people who are trying to help make us whole and we re-surround ourselves with broken people. And if we, what we do is we go, listen, I know I'm not good enough to be with them, but I know I'm better than them. So what I'm gonna do is try to blend in with these people because that'll boast me up better to feel better about me and being me. Because what I tell myself is I may not be as good as them, but I'm better than them. So if I surround myself with people that I'm better than, I don't ever have to worry about someone looking down on me. I always get to be the one looking down on someone else. And we blend in where we don't belong so that we can always feel better about not fitting in where we do belong. If I can't earn it and I can't prove it, then I better just get around some broken, jacked up, messed up people so I can try to lead them. That's why you got that friend whose marriage is falling apart, but they're giving marriage advice. That's why you got that cousin who ain't never held a job, but they're telling you what you need to do with your money. 
Because I, I don't, man, I don't, I don't got it all together. So let me just talk to other people about how they need to get better. So no one will see all the reasons why I need to get better. And we don't realize we never find ourselves in a position of belonging. We always find ourselves in a position of fighting the thoughts that come against our mind. So what happens? We find ourselves in a position where, where we're fighting and we're, we're playing the game and we're, we're trying to, to work it out. And, 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 and so we're, we're in a stalemate where we're not trying to win, we're just trying not to lose. And then, then we find ourselves in a position where, where we're, we're working so hard and then the, the checkmate comes. And the next position that I wanna to talk to you about is, is checkmate because then we find ourselves in a position on checkmate where, where if your king is, is coming against him, and pull it up guys, the definition for checkmate, put it up there. So we find ourselves in this position where it's stalemate, we're trying, not to win, we're trying not to lose, but we don't really care about winning. But then checkmate is a position where a player's king is threatened with capture and there is no way to remove the threat, therefore the game is lost. So when we're in stalemate, we're just trying not to lose. But then some of us find ourselves in checkmate, but I wanna tell you something about checkmate. The only way you lose the game is when you're playing with the wrong king. Because when you're playing with the right king, see our king never loses, he's always victorious. Our king has already went to the cross and rose three days later. He's already defeated death, hell, and the grave. Listen, he's already been insulted the way you're being insulted. He's already been lied to the way you're being lied to. He's already thought the thoughts, he's already had them come against them the way you're having them come against you. The only way you lose the game is when you're playing with the wrong king. The only way you lose the game is when, game is when your, your king is your car, your king is your career, your king king is your CEO status. Your king is your mayor. Your king is your spouse. Your king is your kids. Your king is your sports. Your king is your team. When you're playing with the wrong king, you'll always lose. But when you come back to the right king who has already won for you, you never have to worry about losing because he always comes through. Jesus will always be victorious. Are you going to have him on your side? So there's the stalemate. And there's the checkmate. But then there's the one I believe all of us need to get into our spirit. It's called the, the not today. I even gave you unique spellings. Is that a Brad's dictionary? Today, right? Not today or today. Okay, so some of us need to learn. How many, I've been getting phone calls lately. Weird numbers popping up on my cell phone. You know what my response is? No, not today. Boop. Declined. Some of you need to start hitting the lies in your mind with that not today business. You know you're not enough, right? Not today. Mm -mm. Y'all watch college football yesterday. Y'all need to start stiff arming the lies of the enemy against your life. So he comes against you and says, you know, you know you're not good enough to be in that smoke. Not today. You know you shouldn't be going to church today. You can surround yourself with people that are way better. Not today. You know you can never live up to God's expectation. Not today. You know you can never be who God wants you to. Not today. You know you're never gonna be perfect, not today. You know you're never gonna live the life, not today. You know that you're never gonna be so-and-so, not today. You know that when your dad did that to you, he owned, not today. You know that when that person hurts, not today. You know when that person, when you know when that lie, you know, no, no, not today. Every time the enemy presents something in your mind, you just need to hit him with the stiff arm. Not today, no, I'm not dealing with that today. No, 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 I am who God says I am. I am the child that God has destined me to be. I am the, I am a prince or a princess to the the King of kings and the Lord of lords, he spoke with words, the sun, moon, and stars into place so that when the lies come against you, you remember not who you used to be, but you remember who you are today. 
when them lies show up, not today, Mm -mm, not today. What happens? We find ourselves in stalemate. We find ourselves in checkmate. We're trying not to. We're trying not to lose, but we don't care if we win. Or we're, we're, we're trying to win, but we find ourselves losing. And what happens is the enemy says, yeah, you can keep playing. And so the whole time in life, we're trying to figure it out. And we're even checking different angles on the board. And we don't know what to do. We don't know how to win. We don't know how to be victorious. How do I win at this game? How do I try to find this game? Not realizing that the whole reason the game exists is so that you won't realize that you don't have to play it. See, you don't have to play the game the enemy has built. The problem is, as many of us don't realize that. We think we've got to win at the game. And if we win at the game, we've earned it. We've proved it. We fit in. We belong. So we sit here trying to figure out the game. How do I beat the enemy? Not realizing that the point of the game is never to beat the enemy. The point of the game is never to win at all. When you realize that the game is only built to distract you from the purpose that God has you for, you'll realize I don't even have to deal with this. I don't have to beat the enemy. I just flip the board over. I got nothing to prove here. I don't have to earn it. I don't have to prove it. I don't have to fit in. Listen, listen. If you don't, put, the, put it up there. If you don't like how the table is set, turn over the table. You don't have to believe what the enemy is putting in front of you. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to prove it. You don't have to fit in. You don't have to belong. You just got to realize who you are. I remember, I'll give you the story as I close. I remember I was, Pastor Dan had, we had just moved in as a family, we moved to Pensacola and he had taken over a church. And so I was about six years old at the time and I was walking down the hallway, it's a big church. And uh, about 13 years old in my life, I became big enough that bullies knew not to mess around. Like, I think we might leave him alone. I ain't never been a small dude ever, but y'all can't, <clears throat> y'all can't tell. But I remember I was walking through the hallway and, and this one dude came in, he kind of bullied me around. He's about 15 and I was six. He got to pick on me a little bit. So I was walking through the hallway and he comes up and he got me by the shirt and he just pinned me up against the wall. And I, but I was just chilling. I was like, hmm. He was like, cause he, he, had said, he had said something to me and I didn't respond to him. I was just like, whatever, go you. So I was like, not dealing with this. So he grabs me by the shirt, puts me up against the wall. I was just like, hmm. And he said, when I say something to you, you better respond. You better listen. And he starts going off on me, and I was just kind of like, <clears throat> okay. And my buddy Darius is walking by. And uh, he says, are you hearing me? Are you hearing what I'm telling you? And I was like, not really. And uh, about that time when Darius comes walking by, he said, why aren't you listening to me? I said, Darius, tell this fool who I am. And Darius goes, that's Pastor Dan's son. He said, oh, my bad. He straightened my shirt. Oh, my bad. Here, here, here. He straightened out my shirt. He said, my bad. He just walked off. Can I tell you something? Some of y'all feel like the enemy's got you by the shirt against the wall, and he's trying to tell you all the reasons why you can't, all the reasons why you don't belong, all the reasons why you got to prove what you got to prove, all the reasons you got to earn what you've got to earn. Can I tell you something? Some of you need to start telling him who your father is. Some of you need to start declaring, listen, I ain't got nothing to prove to nobody out here. I don't need to prove it to you, 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 and you. And Satan, I don't have to prove it to you either because I'm not trying to play your game anymore. I already know who I am. I belong to the Most High. Jesus, 
controls my life. He will fight my battles for me. He will fight the lies for me. And when I step into knowing who I am, I don't have to battle the lies anymore. The thoughts don't have to plague me because I just declare who I am today. And I'm gonna declare who I am tomorrow. And when you wake up the next day and the next day and the day that you wake up, that the thoughts are so consuming you, then you reach out to one of your small group members and say, today's the day that I need you to declare to me, I am a child of God. And you get to walk and you get to step and you get to stand saying, no, 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 no. Jesus is on my side. I don't have to play the game. I've already won the game because Jesus owns my life. I'm not gonna be in stalemate. I'm definitely not gonna be in checkmate. I'm gonna start hitting these lies with that not today, not today, not today. Because today I'm the king. Today I belong to Jesus. I'm not gonna try to earn it. It's a free gift. I'm not gonna try to prove it because it's not by works. It's by the grace of God. I'm not gonna try to fit in. Jesus already made a way. And I'm not gonna try to belong to the group that he already delivered me from. I know who I am because I know that I'm the Lord's. I'm gonna start walking with the authority that Jesus has declared. You, all of you out there watching right now, you, 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 you already belong. And you're already a child of the one who built the earth with words and spoke the sun, moon, and stars into place. Stop fighting battles that you were never meant to win. Start playing the game of purpose because Jesus wants to make a way for you. Jesus wants to show you. Jesus already bought you. The cross proves it all. Next time those thoughts come into your mind, I'm not playing that game. Give it all back to the cross. Jesus, I'm looking to you. I belong to you. Let's pray, guys. Father, we come to you and we thank you. We thank you that we don't have to earn it. We don't have to prove it. We don't have to try to fit in. But God, we belong to you. We thank you. We love you today. If you're in this room and you're saying, Pastor, that's me. I've been been fighting these thoughts in my mind and these lies have been plaguing me. I've been trying to prove something. I've been trying to earn something. I've been trying to fit in. I've been, I, I've just been working. And quite honestly, I've been working so hard, I'm exhausted. But no matter how hard I work, I'm not finding myself winning. I'm just barely not losing. But today, I wanna flip the table over. I wanna flip the board over. I wanna start letting Jesus fight my battles for me. And if that's you today, God spoke this word on purpose for you today. He paused everything in the world for you today, for you to hear you're a child of God. And if that's you, I wanna pray for you this morning. You say, that's me, pastor. I'm fighting my own thoughts. But today I'm gonna say, I'm surrendering those thoughts to the Lord. If that's you, right where you sit, don't worry about the people around you. I just want you to lift your hands straight into the air. I wanna pray for you right now. So Father, I just declare right now over every person in here, God, who's battling in their mind, the thoughts that they're not good enough, that they'll never be good enough, that no one loves them. God, that you have already spoken in your word that we are children of God. Your word says that you have brought us into sonship through adoption, that you have bought us, God, with a price 
And so God, I just declare right now, Lord, that you affirm your sons and daughters, that you rebuild identity, that you show them that there is nothing, anything that anyone in this world can do or say that will stop them from what you have declared that they are in Jesus' name. We speak life. We speak the life that comes through Jesus Christ, the hope that comes from you alone, that you would swoop into their hearts. And God, you would take control of their thoughts. No longer do we surrender to what the enemy is trying to accomplish in Jesus' name. If you're in this room and with your head still bowed and your eyes still closed, you're in this room and you're saying, Pastor, I, I, I want to fight those, that, that battle. I want, I want to do that. But honestly, I don't know that my life belongs to the Lord. And I may, I've been trying to earn it. I've been trying to earn religion, but I haven't been trying to earn relationship. I've been trying to fight the law, but I haven't been, I haven't been finding myself in the And the more I fight, the more I realize that I'm losing. And I'm just ready to surrender. I'm just ready to give it all to him. And if you're in this room, the beauty of the gospel is that when Jesus went to the cross, he made it to where you don't have to prove your worth. He already proved your worth. And you don't have to fight for freedom. He's already made it a way that when he died on the cross, he paid for your sins and my sins. He did what we could never do on our own. He gave us a way of escape so that we could know heaven because he has made a way for us. And today, if you want Jesus to take control of your life, if you want to surrender to him, I want to pray for you and I want to help you on that step. And if that's you today, whether you're watching online, whether you're in the room, you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not going to come to you. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I want to pray for you today. And if you say, Pastor, that's me. I want Jesus to take control of my I want to respond to what he's doing in my heart right now. I can feel that he's checking me and that I need to surrender my life to him. And if that's you, I want to pray for you. So right now, all across this room, you say, I want to give my life to him, Pastor. I want to be saved. Would you just raise your hand right where you sit? I want Jesus to take God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands are going. Once you put it up, you can put it down. I told you, we're not here to embarrass you. We want to pray for you. Pastor, I want Jesus to take control of my life. I'm tired of trying to do it my way and I'm ready to do it his way. Is there more that says, I want Jesus to take control? Maybe you're watching us online. The Bible says that we repent of our sins. We turn away, never to go back, but then we put our faith, which means that we believe in our heart that when Jesus went to the cross, he paid for our sins. Now, it's an unearning yet never ending pursuit after the life of Jesus and who he is in us. But here's what we wanna do. We wanna declare with our mouth. We wanna declare with our words what we're believing in our heart. And so uh, in TC, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with all of those that raise their hand. Even if you're watching us online, pray this prayer with us. This prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer is just putting words to the actions that Jesus is already making you a brand new creature in Jesus' name. But we're gonna pray this prayer together and the whole church is gonna pray it with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me of my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me whole. I believe that you died on the cross. And I believe that you rose three days later through your life, through your death, and through your resurrection. I can be saved. So I want to follow you for the rest of my life. I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. CC, let's put our hands together for all those that prayed that perhaps the very first time. We celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome.